Welcome to another episode of the Ticklish. Hey, don't don't do that. The Ticklish Travel. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of <laughs> the Ticklish Traveler and his travel tales. Don't do that. everybody, Pistol Pete Merrill played for LSU. Just look him up. It was amazing stats. Okay, we're going to take you back to Belgrade, Yugoslavia. After bombing for 78 days, these very cranky and mean people were even more upset than normal after the city got bombed, destroyed by American planes. Boom. So there I am walking around alone in Belgrade, Yugoslavia, a couple months after bombing. I was alone and broken English, I mean, bruised, broken Serbian. And here comes this big cop up the hill. Boom, boom, boom. I walked right up to him and it was real early in the morning. And I looked him right in the eye and I said, I must go over them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he threw a cigarette, but wow, Kakui, Kakuzuzovi, Emiovich, Emiovich, no problem. I, I, do. I have a friend, Vlado. He's very only come, come, he's only here. Yeah, you can you can go. No, no, <laughs> no problem. Have toilet, no problem, no problem. Hey, Vlado, hey, hey, don't you want to hear Americano, Americano, hey, 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 this tall guy with a mustache and he's smoking, uh, hey, me a bit, oh, gee, opens the door, his vote, uh, is a beautiful toilet looking right at me, <laughs> so I use the toilet, and these guys, they didn't shut the door. They were watching. They were having a fun time watching the American guy take a crap. They were going to sell her tickets to the tall waitress. Yeah, she just thought to be a leader gal or you know, came on you guys and all this stuff. Jeez, boy, I put on the show for these guys. It was a must-needed goal I took in Belgrade, Yugoslavia. And I tell you, it was a very, very much relief. Even though these guys were watching and selling tickets. <laughs> At this early morning restaurant, it wasn't even open yet. Oh boy, I think there was a dozen people watching. <laughs> that reminded me of my cousin one time. He says, Hey, cousin, well, I'm on time, a month, emergency governor. I have to go very bad. I take an elevator. <laughs> oh boy, stay with this subject. I was in Missouri one time. I was helping out at a soup kitchen, and this woman come in looking for toilet paper. And her little root man working there was telling Barbara, who was in charge, 
You know, she says, this lady come in. She was looking for toilet paper. Barbara said, well, what you look like? Well, she was skinny and had glasses and was real messy. And Barbara says, yeah, you just described 88% of the people in this town. She said, well, she didn't have any teeth. Well, now you describe 95% of the people. Oh, boy. Barbara was confused. She looked over at me, and she said, Zahar, can you help out a little bit? What lady look like? I go, she's the lady that walks around without any socks on. <laughs> so I told my old buddy Gilbert up there in the Gaddis Hills, and he said, yeah, he goes, yeah, we went camping one time, and this buddy of mine took off, and he was gone about a half an hour, and I noticed when he came back, the guy didn't have any socks on. <laughs> he says, oh, man, he says, he said, Gilbert, man, he says, I shouldn't have eaten that burrito before we came out here. <laughs> and Gilbert said he was telling him this, and he was looking in the back in the river and floating down the river was two socks. <laughs> hey, man, when you got to go, you got to go no matter what language it's in. Okay, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. Hey, Let's all sing the Ked song. If you want shoes with lots of pep, get Ked's Kids Ked. Or bounce and zoom in every step, get Ked's Kids Ked. You'll be a champion with style. Get that ball a half a mile. They're tough, they last a long, long while. Kids, kids, kids. There's a pair of smart youngsters. Hi, kids. Hi, kids. Say, why do you kids wear Keds? So I can run faster and jump farther. So I can win more often. Right. Always look for the label big and blue. Kids, kids, kids. That spells out U.S. kids for you. Kids, kids, kids. Those shock arches sure are neat. The right support for growing feet. So be a champion athlete. Kids, kids, kids. Product of United States rubber. If you would like to email Czar. Send your questions or comments to the ticklish traveler at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the show. Rumpelstiltskin Jovanovsky. Gee, who'd I tell that to? I'm sorry, sir. You're going to have to leave. <laughs> I said, that's my first name. You want to know my family name? It's. <laughs> I've been sure you're going to have to leave. Oh, man, has anybody got any humor no more? He whiz. <laughs> we had some youngsters here, and they did nothing and wanted to raise, said the owner of this beautiful 1800s home in Wrongtana. That's where all this took place. Why do I call it Wrongtana? I never saw a group of people so wrong in my life. Yeah, they were real young, she proceeded to tell me, and they didn't do a thing, and they wanted to raise. Yeah, and of course you guys gave them that raise, didn't you? Yeah, we don't like to make waves. 
Well, I guess me and my, my family were like that, what do you call that, tsunami of a... Well, we'll just take over a whole city. <laughs> yeah, we'll make waves, all right, all of us. So, of course, these youngsters that were watching this lady's beautiful 1800 home in Montana did nothing, got a raise for it, and, of course, when they left, they stole. <laughs> so here I come. I've already paid up the month in advance, and I start helping. Cleaning, sweeping, moving real heavy things with her husband, who had airplanes, race cars, and so many other goodies. And they still needed to make money for the house in Montana. It was a big, double, triple, quadruple story home. Man, it took so much moolah to keep this home going. So, they got the little neighbor girl, who was all of 26, and she had these two little bratty kids. They're running just wild all through the house. And the girl told the little boy, all of three, not to, Heckley, don't open the chip, Heckley, don't open the chip, Heckley. He opened the chip and dropped them on the floor. And squashed them like a Greek wedding. He didn't give a credit. He just uh, he rubbed a donut uh, chocolate all over the bread in the window I washed. Everything was a catastrophe after she left. I just couldn't believe this little girl was in charge of opening the restaurant. Again, in wrong tenor. This lady who owned a home, <laughs> she thought she'd open a restaurant and make ends meet and just pay or the upkeep and all the bills on the house just to break even. So she got this little neighbor girl who's 26 who proceeded to drive 400 miles to buy a cupcake. Oh, good grief. <laughs> so here they are, and I've cleaned and moved and everything for these people. I didn't charge them a penny. I did it. Out of kindness of my heart, I like to help people. So they're getting ready to open this restaurant there. And, of course, the owner of the house, she said, we're going to have opening day. You're going to have to leave. We don't want you here for opening day. Okay, great, fine. I took off on the bicycle that they had there. And I had a good time. There was a guy. He had a big... Husky, woof, man, I was having a good time with that dog there on the river, which was just behind the house. I rode that bicycle across the bridge, and I had a lot of fun playing with this great big husky. We were rolling around in the dirt and the weeds and the seeds and jumping in the river. Uh, it was a little bit chilly. I don't remember, maybe Aprilish or Mayish. It's one of those. I don't know, but I was gone during the grand opening of this restaurant in Montana that the lady did not need to open because her husband again had airplanes and race cars down in Colorado. So, anyway, they made a grand total of. $2 profit on opening day. Well, I told her, I would have given you five not to open. 
uh, I guess I wouldn't have met that guy from Oregon and his husky dog. And man, he was laughing the whole day. And so was I. And so was the dog. We had a good old time. And I was tired when I got back. It was kind of, oh man, it was maybe 10 hours I was gone, something like that. And I got back. I was told everything was shut down. And I go to my room in peace. It was four o'clock closing time from what I was told. So I come in and there's this little neighbor girl. She's got the broom in her hand and she's got a pile of cupcake on the floor and the little kids dropping chip again on the counter. And I says, I thought you guys were going to be closed at four. And she said, it's not quite four yet. It was 3.58 and 40 seconds. You gotta be kidding me. I go, well, how long are you gonna be here for? Just a little while. Can you elaborate a little bit? When a little, well, probably an hour. Oh. oh no, now I gotta go again. I was so tired, so terribly tired. And she leaves. She finally left. So then I go upstairs. <laughs> Neighbor guy in the room next to me was playing guitar. I go, oh, no. I go, hey. Oh, what do you want? Who is it? I go, I'm the guy next door to you, and I want to go to bed. Can you please not play guitar in the room? You got a whole chunk of a land out here. You can go in the river. You can go in the backyard. You can go in the garage. You can play guitar anywhere. <laughs> so, again, he was real frightened. I don't know. I never saw him. He never opened the door. So I went to bed. Oh, man, I took a much needed late nap. Oh, man, I got up to take a leak in the hallway. Oh, my kid. This fat guy like Jackie Gleason says to me, he walks right up to me. You're yelling, cussing at my kid. I'm going to whip your ass. I'm going to punch your face in. I go, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. I'm right in this room next door. I don't want to hear anybody playing guitar. And where were you when your kid is in the room all alone like that? We were, we were at church. You were at church? And now you want to whip my ass? How quickly you forgot your Christian values? Shame on you, man. You shouldn't just keep those values at church. You should take them with you everywhere you go. Shame on you. That's a terrible attitude to have, especially when you just got out of church. What are the angels going to say about that? Man, oh man, I go, never mind, let's just go down there and have an orange juice. I don't want any just oranges. I don't want to whip your ass. I go, you're going to have to go downstairs if you want to whip my ass, mister. So I went downstairs, and he called the owner, and she came. Here come these three words that have been so familiar to me these last few months. I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave. <laughs> I go, of course. Why, why should I be able to stay when I want to do something so horrible asleep and be left alone and not be threatened by a guy that just got out of church? And incidentally, these are all these Utah people. They wore the tie shirt and everything and the white and and I just couldn't believe it. I go, oh, good grief, man. Yeah. So the husband, he goes, okay, I'll take you to a hotel tonight. And he goes, it looks, looks, it's not going to work out for you here. 
Okay, very good. That's nice. Okay. Oh, he gets a hotel for me. It's real late. And the hotel was in Montana was still over a hundred bucks. I couldn't believe it. We paid. Nobody was in the hotel. Oh no, no, no. I slept like a baby. I mean just like a baby. Oh brother, mercy me, man alive. I had good sleep. Next day, the guy comes, and he says, you're not welcome back. I'm like, oh, she already told me that last night. <laughs> you're going to get the city council here to march me out of town? Oh, boy. So, anyway, what do I do now? I don't have a car. I don't drive. There's no buses. It's a small town. There's no trains. Nothing, nothing. Again, absolutely nothing. So, go out and put my thumb out. It's early Sunday morning now. There goes a hundred. There goes two hundred cars by me. Nobody's willing to help. And so instead of going to Billings, I says, "Well, let me just try the other way. I go across the freeway and I'll go try the other way. Maybe I'll go up north." And yeah, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull the old Romanian on him. I held out a whole wad full of 20s. Standing right. Oh, this big fat guy was waving to me. Opens the door. He goes, you, you got a lot of money. You got a lot of money. You know? I never saw that one. And I thought the guy was going to have a stroke. <laughs> this big fat cow headed guy. He's 400 pounds. And he was drinking Kool Aid. Nim, 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 nim. He goes, get in, get in. I go, there you go, man. Have one. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I guess I'll drive you farther than I expected. Oh, this is great. Oh, when he's looking at the 20, oh, I go, hey, man, let's get going, you know. Oh, this is great. Oh, so this guy starts talking about Saratoga, California. And he knows my cousin who moves trees, sells trees. And he just got back. This guy that picked me up, I Kitchen, he just got back from the great family of Novakovich's. And they're family friends of ours in Saratoga, California. I couldn't believe it. So here I am on the road after all these people in Rongtana, the girl, the little kids, the family, the everybody was wrong to me except that dog. So here I am. I'm going with this guy. And this guy drops me off in the middle of nowhere. Oh, what am I going to do now? He's still looking at that 20 I gave him. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. All of a sudden, this big error 18 wheel pulled over. This hand was waving me. Come on, come on, come on. It was a beautiful woman. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was seeing Miraji. Oh, no. I, I got in. And this Ukrainian music was playing. It was a beautiful Ukrainian woman who gave me a very long, hot tea, tasty candy bar ride way down yonder. I didn't even know where I was going. I didn't give a credit. And I mean, this woman was beautiful in and out. She told me in the Ukraine, she never drove. So she got her license over here in America just to drive a big wheel truck. So she could send money back home to take care of her mother, 
her brother took care of her mother because she was sending money home for medicine and place to stay and out in the country and she's taking care of her daughter and she's telling me the story i just started crying like jeez you know and i realized it was orthodox easter and here i am an orthodox and so was she and i was thinking boy the angels were sure looking out for me this day as they usually do and i had a good time i don't remember where she dropped me off i just sat on the pole and i was just really in a good mood and i felt great and I got all these rides, and I was out of wrong Tana, and I was away from those weirdos. And I tell you what, there's a lot of kind people out there. I just wish more people would talk about them. And those two long rides I got from those people, I tell you what, there are nice people. And I had a good time wherever I went after that. <laughs> I was just glad to be away from them. <laughs> People in wrong Tana. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I couldn't believe it. Okay, everybody. Uh, most of us grew up with the voices of my first guest, uh, Bugs Bunny, Porky Pig, Sylvester, Tweety Pie, Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, Yosemite Sam, Barney Rubble are just a few of the cartoon voices that this man has immortalized. It's a pleasure to welcome Mr. Mel Blank. Mel, welcome <laughs> What's up, David? <laughs> uh, that's a great sweater you have there. Oh, thank you very much. I like it, too. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not your actual voice, is it? No, I have a very deep voice. Uh, do, you, uh, do, you do you remember the first uh, voice that you did? Yes, I do. I remember the first voice I did. Now, that's oh, your so real voice right there. This is my it? real voice, yeah. yeah. The first voice I ever did was this. That was, I don't remember it, but that was the first yeah. voice. Um, so aside from the, the list of folks, or list of characters that we uh, mentioned in the introduction, uh, what others have you been responsible for? Well, there's uh, Yosemite Sam. That's a real raucous cowboy. And, uh, of course, there's uh, Pepe Le Pew. He's the little French skunk. <laughs> He kills the pussycat. Mm -hmm. And uh, Foghorn, I say, fo uh, pay attention, David, a Foghorn Lake. That big rooster, he talks like that, you know. You looking for chicken? Do you see that little house over there that says D-O-G? That's spells chicken. Go get him, boy. <laughs> uh, now, we, we have some, uh, uh, I guess, some clips here of uh, some of your work. You know, uh, it's going to be... Oh, this is kind of a montage. Yeah, a montage. Oh, yeah. There's a few of the characters that are in the picture. Okay. All right. We'll take a look at that. Okay. And uh, is there uh, anything you need to explain to us before we look at it? Well, they're just a bunch of nutty people, that's all. Okay. So this yeah. is... Uh, pew! Pew! No, no. Not Pew. Lepew. Pepe Lepew is my name. Why can't we have a mouth like other pussycats? I'll tell you what. Let's take a walk in the woods while our porridge cools. Now, where have I heard that before? Dafer, I represent the Rambling House Storybook Company, and... Come on in, stranger. We've been waiting for you. And the penguin it says here comes from the South Pole. South Pole? Ooh, I'm dying! You're despicable! <laughs> 
how do you go about creating a voice? Do you get a voice and then say, draw something to go along no, with this, or do no. they come to you and say... They show me a picture of the character, mm -hmm. and then they say, uh, they show me a storyboard, which shows what the character's going to do in the cartoon. From this, I have to create the voice, like Bugs, they said, was a tough little stinker. So I thought, which is the toughest voice in this country, the Brooklyn or the Bronx? So uh, you put the two of them together, that's how I got the voice <laughs> from Bugs, Doc. <laughs> and Porky, they said, was a, uh, a timid little character. So I went out to a pig farm and wallowed around with the pigs. I wanted to be authentic. <laughs> and uh, when I went back to the studio, they kicked me out and said, go home and take a bath. <laughs> Which I didn't want to come back. They said, I said, if a pig could talk, he'd talk with a grunt, you know. Now, you've done 5,000 voices. Is that possible? No, I've worked in 5,000 different cartoons. Uh -huh. And uh, actually, I do about 400 different voices. And uh, in each dialect, you can do many different voices. Yeah, do you have any that, uh, there must be some that are similar in the 400 that you've done? Uh, no. There's, uh, <laughs> they're not similar. I mean, you can recognize each, each one differently. Uh -huh. Like in one picture I show in my college speeches, uh, there's all, all Italian. Like Columbus discovers America along with Bugs Bunny. And the Columbus, he talks it down here, you see. He talks in Italian the dialect like it is. And the bugs, he talks to the world, she's around, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and various, you can do different uh, voices in different, different uh, dialects. Yeah. All right, we're going to uh, pause here. We've got to uh, go away for, uh, you know, a commercial, and we'll be right back with Mel Blank. Hi there. Mel Blank is uh, here now. Hunter Thompson will be with us uh, later in the half hour. Marjorie Gross is also here tonight. How long does it take to make a, a cartoon? Well, uh, to make a six-and-a-half-minute cartoon in full animation took 125 people nine months to make one single fully animated cartoon. Mm -hmm. uh, and even then, it cost around $50,000. And today, it would cost around a half a million. But Warner Brothers still do only full animation. Uh -huh. Now, by full animation compared to what? Well, compared to limited animation. Now, the films you see today, the cartoons, are limited animation. They draw maybe one in ten frames where Warner's draws every single frame. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's much cheaper drawing just one frame and having the mouth move a little bit in the background on a turntable that you see over and over again. Oh, and also for, uh, for uh, television using cartoons, they need them a lot more quickly than they could be produced in full animation, yes. I'm guessing. And the full animation actually is uh, what makes every, every motion believable. Yeah. And every uh, synchronized lip movement equal. And incidentally, they do the, the voice first and the cartoon after the voice is, is done. Mm -hmm. They draw to the voice. Most people don't know that. Yeah. What, about, what happens if you get a cold and you have to go to work? Does, it, does that uh, goof things up? I was going to say I kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I usually can talk over a cold, but I try to keep away from it as much as I can. Yeah, yeah. How did you... Uh, tell me about your relationship with Jack Benny. How did that begin? Well, uh, Jack finally found that I was the one doing the crazy voices in the cartoons, and he called me in and asked me to do... Uh, Carmichael, a bear that was eating the uh, gas man down and is guarding his vault. And uh, I said, yes. I, he said, what would he sound like? I said, maybe like this. Good, <laughs> good, you're on next week. <laughs> For six months, that's all I do is a growl of a bear. Finally, I said to him, you know, Mr. Benny, I can also talk. Well, Jack fell down. <laughs> I told him yeah. He said, I'll have the writers write something in for you. Yeah, and so you, they you did. Yeah, you, did uh, you were on the show a lot and did, did many other noises and sounds and voices. That's right. He had a parrot there that couldn't talk. 
And he asked me if I'd uh, talk like a parrot. I said, Whether it's a cheap state, whether it's a cheap state. And then he had a train caller at the depot. It's right. a uh, train leaving on track fine for Anaheim, Azusa, and Coop. Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and one time, uh, they were supposed to be the sound of his uh, Maxwell. He had a 1926 Maxwell. And uh, the phonograph record that the sound effects men used uh, had the motor sound on it, and they'd hold their finger on it to make it go slow and stop. Well, when it came to that cue, I saw that they had forgot to put the electric plug into the socket. And I jumped up to the microphone, and I made like a, a 1926 Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, what was the character was his name Cy? Si. Yeah. Now <laughs> what was that character? Well, that was a cute character. I came in with a sombrero on my head, a serape over my shoulder, and a big bass violin. And Mr. Benny said, uh, "You came all the way from Tijuana to play in my band." Si. <laughs> And uh, I see you brought your bass violin with you. Si. What's your name? Si. Si? Si. <laughs> and I see you brought a young lady with you. Is that your sister? Si. Uh, what's her name? Sue. <laughs> Sue? Si. Well, what does she do for a living? So. <laughs> That's all there was to the whole spot for Jack Lundgren. <laughs> uh, we, we have uh, some more film. Now, this would be a, a, a new film, a new cartoon, feature length. Is that right? No. I think, no, I think this is a <laughs> One thousand one. One thousand one rabbit tails. Rabbit tails. This is Bugs Bunny's third movie, uh, One Thousand One Rabbit Tales. Yeah. All right, and that will be out shortly, huh? Yes, very soon. All right. It's a pleasure meeting you. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very Dave. much, Mel Blank, ladies and gentlemen. If you would like to email Czar, send your questions or comments to the ticklish traveler at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to the show.